You're listening to The People's Wrestling Podcast with your host, Ali Bunker. Yes, welcome back to The People's Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ali Bunker. Whoa, 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 whoa. hold up a second. We're going to change things around here. As per usual, Ali's decided to go off on holiday again, swanning off around the world. This time he's in Australia, somewhere. Um, so I'm going to take over the hosting responsibilities this week, and I think I can do a pretty damn good job, so let's see. With me this week is Matt Bumby. How you doing? I am good. Fuck Ali. Fuck his trip to Australia. This is going to be the best podcast ever. Yeah, hopefully we won't have a repeat of the, uh, the, lost, the lost episodes of 2017. The lost episodes, which were great. Yeah, they but. were so good. They were so good. That's the really thing that really pisses me <laughs> off. They were so good. I know. Right. Speaking of good, there's been a lot of good things happening lately in, in the world of not just WWE, but wrestling. Um, the world of wrestling. And some not so good things, some sad things. Um, but we'll start with a good, and then we'll do a sad, and then we'll end with a good. So we'll do a good sad sandwich. Um, the good. So, unless you've been living under a rock... Um, and not The Rock, because that'd be weird. Uh, and I wouldn't allow it. The Young Bucks and Cody, Rhodes slash Ronalds slash Stardust, have unveiled the kind of not very well-kept secret of All Elite Wrestling, or AEW, as it'll be known. Um, AEW. AEW. Funded by the Khan family, who own... The Jacksonville Jaguars, I think it is, and also Fulham. Um, yeah, it's the, it's the Sun that's taken over this, though, isn't it? It's the Sun who who's kind of taken the kind of ownership responsibilities, but his dad actually is also like the owner of it, so he's involved too. Oh, he's funding. Well, he's funding it, obviously. Yeah, um, and they've they've both come out and said that their their roles for the, both Fulham and Jaguars will remain as is, and that they won't kind of subside to the wrestling which makes me kind of think that the the football and the american football will come first and then the wrestling thing will come whenever come after um so yeah exciting announcement of a brand new wrestling company headed up by actual wrestlers as the executive vice presidents of the company um as well as brandy rhodes cody rhodes's wife um as the uh i can't remember what it's called chief executive Chief Executive Officer or something like that. It's, it's the same title. Chief as, Operating Officer. Op- yeah, that's it. It's the same title as what Stephanie's got in WWE, which is yeah. a bit odd. But um, yeah, lots of lots of things happening, and things that did happen this week were, as of we're recording on Wednesday, so yesterday on Tuesday, uh, All Elite Wrestling had their first kind of press conference as such or fan rally. Um, to just kind of give us some more information and unveil some new signings, which is actually quite exciting. Uh, what, what, to say the least. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get on to some of the signings in a minute, but what do you make of the announcement in in general? It's, obviously, any competition for the WWE is good. Yeah. And the way that they've gone about it actually is brilliant. Like they put on, and I imagine this was the tester, they put on their uh, all-in show and how successful that actually was. I'm sure that was a bit of a tester for 
all right, can we do this? Yeah. And they just hit the ground running, and that's they know what they're doing. And like Cody must have picked his dad's brains before he died, and like would probably have been like, what was it like back in the day when you were a booker and all this? So he's got the knowledge. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing, and he's got the experience of being within WWE, so how that works, and he will obviously have like contacts for people who may still work there and people who don't work there anymore that he can kind of pull on, which I know is something that he talked about um, when they did All In. Um, the my... They've got Billy Gunn as well as the... Um producer haven't they yeah one, one of my um because what they've always said the, the members of the elite what they've always said is um they're out to change the world of pro wrestling even like f- for the last few years um and they've so far done a good job in making making good on that word um they're if there's any if there's, if there's, if there's any group of guys that i think can do it or at least oh, yeah, definitely like, eventually pose any kind of threat slash competition, then it will be them. And it will be, it'll be something different because it's headed up by um, not only wrestlers, but young people, which is something that we probably haven't really seen too much of on, on a large scale in wrestling. And they've got their finger on the pulse as well, haven't they? They know exactly what's going on. Yeah. And they've had to deal with their own merchandising. Yeah, so, that so they, they they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, and they know the the struggles of of being on the indies. Maybe not so much Cody because he's coming with a big name. Like he's had to do a lot of for himself, obviously, but he didn't have to build from the bottom up. Um, but yeah, really, I think it's really exciting. There's there's not too many details been given out at the moment. I'm just going to read out um, some of the things of well, all all that we know about it so far. One thing they did announce is um, a pay-per-view called Double or Nothing, which will be uh, it was confirmed for May 25th, 2019, at the MGM Grand Garden in Las Vegas, which is a massive, it's an actual full-on arena, bigger than the, the one they had for All In, 17,000 seats, I think. So that'll be huge. I can't imagine they're not going to sell it out. Yeah, they definitely will, especially as it being their first event, like the crowd will be hot for that that would be crazy um, so that should be good hopefully the uh... that's, a, that's a Saturday night as well is it yeah that's good yeah I can say I can watch it <laughs> or I can yeah. just watch it on Sunday, Sunday without having to watch it at work <laughs> or something stupid or avoid spoilers for a whole day it's fucking pain in the arse um, Starcast 2 is happening Likely the same weekend, so the, the event that they had around the weekend of All In, or the, just pretty much the entire week, really, of or like you know, all meet and greets and podcasts, recordings, and all that kind of stuff, which looked really fun. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's going to be a thing. Um, they've announced a second show after Double or Nothing that will take place in Jacksonville, and a, they've said a large portion of the gate will go towards benefiting victims of gun violence, which I think is cool, because um, you don't hear a lot of that. Especially with an indie company, obviously they're owned by a billionaire and a billionaire's son. Um, but with an independent company, they'll take the money they can get. Um, yeah, and run. And for such a charitable cause as well, which could potentially be seen as quite controversial and political due to how like divided America is with guns and shit. Um, but yeah, good good stuff from the guys. 
Um, no telev- television deals have been announced at the rally, but apparently the offers are out there, which doesn't surprise I know, me. I know this might sound a little bit heartless, but haven't they all just come out of the Bullet Club? Yeah, maybe that's part of the reason why. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so, but yeah, in, in terms of a television deal, apparently offers are out there, which isn't surprising. Hopefully, one of those offers is from Sky Sports, so I can watch it at ease. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed, Sky Sports. Uh... One of the things with WWE is it's so convenient to watch. Um, I don't have to go out and seek it unless my Sky recording breaks. Uh, so... Yeah, hopefully that there there might be some some benefit in, for England or UK watchers. Um, there'll be a special on All Elite Wrestling, which will air on HBO Vice. So those documentaries are always quite good and interesting. Um, we've got yeah, we've got Cody Rhodes, Matt, and Nick Jackson as the executive vice presidents. Billy Gunn or Bill Gunn, as it's written here, is a backstage producer. Brandy Rhodes is the chief brand officer. And then business is being bankrolled by Tony Khan, who's the AEW, AEW president, whose father is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars and Fulham FC. So yeah, we kind of touched on that already. So now we come to some signings, which is the exciting bit. Um, the most exciting part for wrestling fans, I think. Um, who'd have thought? Chris fucking Jericho. Chris Jericho, who said he's never, ever... Signed for another American wrestling company. Yeah, I, his I, own words. I do wonder what what Vince has made of this. I'm sure like Jericho's definitely called him. Um, he must he must well, have had conversations. Because I heard that um, he got very pissed that he went back to New Japan. Really? For a second showing, yeah. At least they're champion. What do you expect? <laughs> um, yeah, so it'd be interesting to see if anything comes out as to how his WWE departure. No, he went back after he beat, after he lost to Thingy, didn't he? No, he he left immediately after um, Wrestle Kingdom. No, Kenny Omega. Oh, Kenny Omega. What do you mean? Because he fought Kenny Omega, didn't he? And then the night after, he attacked um, Naito. Yeah, and then went back and did another show, didn't he? That's what Vince got pissed off about. Right. Ah. I thought, yeah, I thought you meant he got pissed about Wrestle Kingdom. Um, no, no, no. So, yeah, Jericho's now been moved. Uh, I was I was checking the Superstars page for something else at the weekend, just gone, and he was on the active Superstars list, and now he's been moved to their alumni page um, and immediately removed from their open video package as well. Um, so they've worked quite quickly on that. Um what else have we got here? Oh, yeah, signings. We've got fucking Pack slash Neville, who they apparently tried to get um, for All In. Um, yeah, but he was still contracted, weren't he, for the WWE? No, it wasn't that. It was that he, um, Pack, because he, he made his return at Dragon Gate, which is kind of where he made his name in the first place. Um, and he wanted to make his first appearance outside of the WWE with, um, I think it was, um, Dra- yeah, Dragon Gate. Um, so even though they, he had the offer and he was available, because um, he's actually been released for quite a long time, I think, um, he was available, but he, out of loyalty, said he wanted to make his first appearance and do a little programme with... Because there was a picture of Matt and Nick holding up a figure of him saying, please, God, let it be true. Yeah, 
yeah, something like that. I remember that on their, I think on their Instagram. Um, so they've obviously been in contact for a while, and it's come to fruition, which obviously then leads to the rumours of of people people being like, oh, if if ever CM Punk will come back, it will be now. But who cares? Fuck him. Fuck CM Punk. So the other people that have been announced, we'll kind of rattle through them, are um, Joey Janela, who's currently injured, and Penelope Ford, who were previously a, a duo and a, and a couple in real life, but have since broken up. Um, and I, I don't know um, what... Well, I, don't, I don't think they're still a duo in terms of wrestling. I mean, he's been out for a few months with broken legs, so um can't imagine they are. But yeah, we've got um, MJF. can't remember what, what, his, what his name is. I think it's Michael J. something. Um my bad. Uh, and then we've got SCU. So we've got Chris Daniels, SCU. Scorpio Sky, and um, Frankie Kazarian, uh, which is good because those guys are extremely over right now and extremely entertaining and very experienced. So for any of the younger guys maybe coming in would be a good good potential kind of um, mentoring kind of role. I'm sure there'll be competitors as well, obviously. Um, T-Hawk and L. Linderman. Never heard of them. Because um, I know they've apparently, yeah, T-Hawk, El Linderman, and Takihiro Yamamura from China's OWE um, promotion. Yeah, they've sort of signed a deal with them, haven't they? Yes. That they'll use their talent. Yeah, they've got a um, they've got a working relationship with China's Oriental Wrestling Entertainment promotion, which is where those guys have come from. Um, so I'm sure there'll be more of them popping up. And then finally, we've got Britt Baker. Um, so we've got two females an active roster currently, assuming that Brandy doesn't compete anymore. Um, which is good. So they've... Adam Cole's missus, isn't it? Yep, yeah, Adam Cole's girlfriend, I believe. Um, Adam Cole, baby. Which is, yeah, a little bit odd, because she appeared on an episode of NXT about two months ago, I think. And I I think she was in the, the most recent Mae Young Classic. Um, so she was. Yeah, so she definitely had a, had a relationship with them. Um but will now no longer. <laughs> so yeah, they've they've announced uh, they've got they're definitely having a women's division, and the men and women are going to be paid equally, which I think is quite a big thing in internally in the wrestling business, um, and in, in general really. So that's a good. Well, it made me wonder because obviously you've got your ta- talent is what sells, isn't it? Really, like you got your main events, and then you got your mid card. Yeah. Yeah, the, so the, how the, are they going to pay, get paid exactly the same? I'm sure it'll be all relative. Guys at the top of the card or with bigger names or bigger contract demands will be on more. But um, it's not like you. I can't imagine you're going to have your your top female draw being paid less than an average mid card guy or something like that. Um, I'm just, obviously, I'm sure that's a lot of that stuff is going to remain private. But it's good to see that they've announced that is something that they're working towards. Um, Tony Khan claims he's. The hope for all talents is to gain full-time employment with the company, um, obviously with their hopes of being competitors to WWE, I guess, is surely the goal. Um, and yeah, that's about it. There's a bunch of quotes here. I'm not going to read them out. Um, so yeah, huge announcement. The guys as huge. making good on their word of attempting to change the wrestling business forever. So yeah, it'll be exciting to see. We've got four months before their first event. Um, be exciting to see the announcements that come before then in terms of maybe like TV deals and more talent and all that so, kind of stuff. So they're not going to do anything until that May twenty fifth. Well, this is the thing. Yeah, we we don't really know anything yet. 
I would I would like to imagine that there'll be maybe a few shows dotted around because they're going to have to have matches at this pay-per-view, so they're going to have to build up to these matches. Uh, all in, it worked all right because some of them didn't need build-up, and the ones that did, they managed to build up on places like Ring of Honor or um, NWA. And, um, and on being the elite. And on being the elite. So um, they're not going to be able to do that now because the people are contracted full-time to AWE, so uh, AEW. So... It'll be interesting to see what they do, how they progress these matches, whether they just put out like a whole bunch of dream matches or whether we get storyline matches and surely there'll be announcements of titles and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. Do you reckon it's going it's to be on, a lot of the stuff's going to be on the being the Elite? Um, some of it, some of it. I do wonder what's going to happen with that now, really, because I'm sure these guys are going to get really busy in terms of they're running a company now. Um, especially when it starts kind of when this TV and stuff starts full time maybe over the next few months they might not be as busy but yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens with being the elite um, and what happens with guys like Kenny and Marty this girl um, don't I'm already upset about this I know it's quite heartbreaking to see Marty on his own um, and yeah who knows where Kenny's going to end up is he even going to be there well, this is it. I mean, if I'm if I'm Vince and Triple H now, I throw everything I can at signing Kenny Omega. Yeah, well, that's supposedly that's reported what what they've been doing. They've been giving him massive money and full support of his gaming kind of career or hobby, I guess, and his YouTube channel and supposedly a promise of a big WrestleMania program. And he's come out in the last few weeks in an interview after I think um, Wrestle Kingdom and said the only. Uh, the only reason why you'd ever go to WWE is to have a WrestleMania match with AJ Styles, um, which would be all right, I guess. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you are sugarcoating now, aren't you? It would be all right. Oh, my God, it'd be amazing. No, and I like it. It would happen at the next WrestleMania and not the one that we're going to. <laughs> yeah, not the one we're going to. Yeah, we'll get Jinder at this WrestleMania. Uh-oh. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's apparently what's on the table. And obviously, as with AEW being owned by billionaires, they they've reported to be able to basically match whatever money WWE are offering him. But yeah, it all, all depends on the man, really. Um, so if I, I mean, uh, again, if I was Triple H and Vince, I would be after Marty as well because he is an amazing talent. Yeah, that would be the, the smart thing to do in terms of trying to ruffle their feathers before they get started. Um, trying to nick one of their friends, but to me it does. It definitely looks like these guys are so close knit, and I think they're the ones kind of, in a way, taking the hit for a lot of the indie guys because they've promised to kind of change the world, and they're, they're such a tight knit group that they've started up this promotion, and the core core group of them will surely be the ones that are the the core of that that promotion to potentially give other indie guys or future indie guys the opportunities that maybe they've kind of surrendered in not going to WWE um, so it's a, it's a bold move obviously and yeah just looking forward to see where, how it goes and I mean if, none, if like, anyone that's listening has not seen Being the Elite please go and watch it it's probably the funniest thing you will watch yeah it's probably the on a weekly basis it's my favourite... I basically treat it as a TV show, and it's basically my favourite show of the week. I make sure to watch it every Monday night before I go to bed. 
because um, they, yeah, they, they, they didn't exactly used so. to have it as, as scheduled as it used to be. It used to just be kind of around every week or so, but on different days. But now it's pretty much every Monday, so uh, it's, a, it's good. It's, it's really fun. Um, whether or not, whether it's in character or, or whether it's in a storyline or whether it's just them being the real people, it's always entertaining. So, yeah. Um, um, and this, this week was so funny when Marty was getting drunk and saying about Hangman's penis. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a tiny penis well I mean it's bigger than mine but it's still tiny <laughs> yeah it's just like they're, they're really good storytellers which is why I think this company is going to do well if, if they're if they're in charge of any kind of booking um, it, it will do well in terms of stories because they, they fought a lot of these stories out months and months in advance this whole ticking ticking clock thing um, yeah. thing, things like the way that Marty got into the Bullet Club um like the, the way that the co- Cody took about an entire year to turn on them, it was amazing. It's great, and I love it. So um, we shall see what happens with that. But time to move on to some slightly sadder news. We've got the filling of our um, happy sad sandwich. Um, mean Gene Oakland has passed away, unfortunately, from the the birth of the yeah. Of this one, is sad. Yeah, the birth of one company to the the death of. A beloved man across every company he's worked in. Um, he has died at age 76. Um, apparently, of he's recently been having some... He's had three kidney transplants, I believe, and he'd suffered a fall a little while ago, which caused his health to deteriorate in the, in the weeks leading up to his death. Um, so there doesn't seem to be any kind of root cause or any one cause, but, yeah, maybe it's just, it's just life, really, life catching up on him, which is sad, because... He's a legit, a legitimate legend, right? And we, like the word, especially in wrestling, the word legend is used a lot. But like, he is what the Hall of Fame is designed for. Yeah, people like him. And I think it's only really in in I guess r- recent years. I'd like to imagine it's not, but only really in recent years where he's fully been appreciated. Um, because of things like the WWE Network, you can go back and watch any one of his interviews. Um, but yeah, it's it's a massive shame because his voice is so synonymous with almost every wrestling fan's childhood. Um, Without doubt, mine. Without doubt. Yeah, I mean, I when when I was watching wrestling, he wasn't in the WWE. He was either in WCW or I guess he'd, he'd kind of finished up, really, because WCW had finished. Um and he's he's made the occasional WWE appearance here and there, and he's he's been on the network. And to be, to be honest, I don't know if you ever watched it, but Storytime is one of actually my favourite shows on the network, which he he hosts and narrates. Um, but yeah, it's it's really sad. His voice is he's, he's just he's it's got, one of a kind. Yeah, he's got that voice. Like that voice was made for the job that he did, um, and. And he had chemistry with everyone that he interviewed. It wasn't just like... I've, and I've I never... mean, sometimes you see it now, it's like they're throwaway interviews, aren't they? Yeah, quite robotic or... Uh, he, had his, he had personality coming across, but not, not in a way which will get himself over just to get the, the characters over. Um, and I've never, I've never once heard of any wrestler or any kind of performer giving any bad word um, about Gene. And... Yeah, it's just a it's just, it's a massive shame, really sad news, um, but 
I, I thought, and I know we spoke about this before, I thought that having Hulk Hogan there on Monday was going to be a kind of a cheap way for them to, and a, and a not a controversial way to bring Hogan in and get him some cheers, really, and to get people forget that he did bad things because he's here to promote a good thing. Um, but I actually thought it was quite well done and quite touching. Um, it was very well done. Because it was very, like, he wasn't there to be like, like, like I said earlier, he wasn't here to be like, I'm Hulk Hogan. Um, like, yeah, listen, look listen at me, to me, look what I can do, look it, what I've done for like, many years. Look, I've, I've come out as Hulk Hogan in character, but I don't feel like being like Hulk Hogan, so here's a video, and it was a really good video. And for all his flaws, he looked visibly upset doing it. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, surely they've been close friends for, I guess, close to 40 years now, 35 plus. Um, and yeah, it would be hard not to. Um and fair play for him to for coming out and doing it in a public forum, and the the promo he cut at the end, although a bit maybe um, disjointed, was was good. Um, it's the kind of like you don't see that a lot for for guys who um, have passed away, and yeah, it was I thought it was quite entertaining and well done. So fair play to WWE. Their video package is always amazing. So yeah, good stuff. Well, hopefully, I, I I do hope they do a special. On the network, and I'm sure they will. But because uh, they do, the specials that they do are really good on the network. Yeah. But especially when someone when someone dies. Yeah, hopefully that'd be good. Just to hear stories from the guys who throughout the '80s and the '90s who who worked with him, especially, but also I guess what it, what he means to the current roster. That'd be that'd be interesting to hear. Yeah, because a, a lot of the current roster now are like our age. Yeah, guys, so, guys who grew up as fans, and not only the current roster, but people like Rene and Charlie Caruso and Corey Graves, people who've worked with him in in a in a I guess journalism um, capacity. Yeah, it must be inspiration. Yeah, he must be an inspiration. Yeah, because I think I think Rene said that he that he hosted her first ever show with her in in WWE, um, so they've always been been close. So um, yeah, uh, ho- hopefully. We can maybe get um, a good program out of the sad news, but um, yeah, all our wishes go to his family and friends, I guess. And uh, yeah, rest in peace, Mean Gene. Rest in peace, Mean Gene. Right. Now, with that being said, that's all of the stuff that's happened so far in 2019, really. Well, not all of the stuff, but a lot of the big stuff. Um, but to be honest with you, I'm not really. F- I don't really care about 2019 at the moment. I'm not really that focused on it. We can get to that later. Let's look back. It's time, and I know that it's it's been done to death, and loads of people doing loads of podcasts and Twitter pages and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's time to take a look back at the year that was, 2018. Now that we've had about nine, ten days or so to kind of digest it and get over it. Um, Personally. Quite an up and down year. Yeah, definitely. I think it's had a lot more um, company controversies than they would have wanted. Yep. But some of the wrestling, I think, was the was the best wrestling in years. Um, I think a lot of the pay per views were, were good. Um, I th- I think the the one pay per view a month has had a good effect. The joint pay per views, and yeah, I think it is. It, it's, it had a lot of shit, let's not deny it, but I think it was better than 
than I think 2017 and eight, uh, 16 perhaps. What about you? Yeah, I would definitely say so. Like 2017 really was a bit of a. Oh, we started the podcast in that in that time, but yeah, yeah it was pretty bad. Yeah, and like every year has its oh. really good moments, um, and every year has its really low points, um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on some of them. So, if you've been following us on Twitter, um, you would have noticed over the last couple of days a few a few tweets around about polls and and things to do with 2018 i've been posting some polls as to not polish people no not not the polish people um i've heard we're quite big in poland though um (laughs) must be the p's in in the name um but yeah uh, i've been posting some some polls for you to vote on um, for certain categories which which we'll get to um i was originally meant to do a lot more polls than i did um but they kind of it didn't quite work out because i just didn't keep track of it so we're going to discuss them on the podcast really discuss your your votes and your results and then we'll give our opinion so what do you think should we get should we dive head first into it head first hit me with the first one head first well the first one that i posted was and there's a fair few categories but the first one i posted was the most underrated superstar of the year um and so for some of them some of the categories i've split them out between main roster and nxt um, but for most of them, they're, they're um, joint. Uh, so, yeah, we've got eight options here for the most underrated superstar of the year. We've got Roderick Strong, Chad Gable, Ember Moon, and Sonia Deville. And we've got Andrade Cien Almas, The Revival, Ruby Riot, and Trent Seven. So, let's just have a look at who the peeps voted for. The PW peeps have voted Chad Gable... Uh, Sonia Deville as a as a tie, and Ruby Riot is the clear winner as their their most underrated superstar of the year. Um, what do you reckon? Do you reckon that's that's a fair assessment? Well, it's a fair assessment. To be fair, I really like Ruby Riot, and I think actually she's an amazing talent. I do I too. Think if they were to just break her out of the Riot squad and put her on her own. She would succeed. Yeah, I mean, from from having seen none of her indie career, um, I'd only ever watched her in NXT, where she was kind of um, like huge underdog babyface. And when when she first came up with the Riot Squad and turned heel, I thought I, I can't really see her as a heel because she was a very good underdog, believable babyface. Um, but she's done really well. She's one of the best in the company on the mic. Um, especially in terms of the women. Um, she's very good in the ring. She's the best out of the right squad in the ring. Um, and she leads them well. She's got a confidence and like a swagger about her, um, which you need when leading a faction. So, yeah. And, and to be do. fair, she's got probably the same experience as they have as well. So she's obviously excelled massively. Yeah, and I think they, they've made a good choice as having her as, as the centrepiece. And you've got the kind of, I guess... Uh, like heavy in terms of Sarah Logan um, and then you've got the kind of the younger um, I guess the future um, although Ruby the Riot the free kid well. of the uh, of DX <laughs> yeah well the maybe maybe not so much the Randy Orton of Evolution um, but yeah it's, I think that the Riot squad have done quite well in general this year but yeah especially Ruby Riot in, in her recent singles feud with Natalia so 
Yeah, I, I, I would be inclined to agree. I mean, some of the other options on here, guys like Chad Gable. Um, for me personally, my choice was Roderick Strong. Um, I think he has been one of, if not the MVP for NXT in this year. And not just NXT, but he, he was under the tournament for 205 Live. Um, he's so good in the ring, babyface or heel. So dependable. He's even gone out and done some shows for Evolve lately. And his matches are amazing. And him him and O'Reilly as a tag team, uh, I don't quite think that O'Reilly would have as much chemistry with, with him as a team as he did with Fish, even though they've known each other for years on the indies and had matches together and stuff. But... Yeah, my, my personal choice would have been um, Roderick Strong. About yeah, and I mean, like, if you look at every takeover that there's been a tag team, he is, they have had near match of the night every time. Yeah, and even on just general NXT TV, always the highlight of the night through the Undisputed Era, um, which then leads me to believe that should they get called up to the main roster, they, they can't fail. Like, a, lot, a lot of it... A lot is made of um, NXT guys being buried, but surely a lot of it has to do with the guys themselves. And I think with with well, undisputed era, especially as a team being called up together, they, they surely can't fail. Um, I, I think it like a lot of people have said. And I don't know. I don't know where I've heard this. A lot of people that get called up to the main roster are scared of Vince. Yeah, I can see uh, that. Kevin Owens said this. Kevin Owens said it. And he said, as soon as you are not scared of Vince anymore and want to go and talk to him and want to acknowledge what he does and how he is with people, you will get along with him, fine, and he will notice you more. Yeah, and I mean, obviously I don't know the guy, but from from what I've heard from people, it sounds like he's the kind of guy who um, appreciates the... the um, like people coming into his office and giving him ideas, and Edge especially always says you can't succeed in WWE or you can't be anywhere near the top of WWE if you don't have a relationship with Vince. Um, yeah. So I think the the more that um, the NXT guys can kind of do that, the better. And I, I'm sure they, they probably see Triple H as their guy. Um, but yeah, um, ho- hopefully they, they, they can see a bit of a turnaround in the NXT guys coming up because it has, for the most part, not been good. <laughs> um so yeah, other, other guys to mention, I guess, would be... And, uh, some people that have come up, I don't think are ready as well. Yeah, there's there's always been a few questionable choices. People like Dana Brooke. Um, that was always a bit of an odd one. Uh, who else have we got? Guys like... Um, I mean, in with, I think they've been quite smart with the call-ups to from NXT that they're doing at the moment. Um, they're kind of... Most of them are the people that don't quite really fit in with with NXT at the moment with how kind of um, indie base it is I think a lot of their styles are more suited to the main roster um, yeah like Lars Sullivan without a doubt yeah although he's done well in NXT he's done surprisingly well to be fair um, but yeah especially guys like EC3 um, kind of stands out a bit in, in NXT as a, a bit of a sore thumb um, not for any fault of his own just his, his in-ring isn't quite at the level um, and there's definitely more suited to a safer kind of style that you see on the main roster. Um, so yeah, guys like Cian Almas, he, I guess you can't really call him underrated that much because the WWE constantly tell you he's like the future and he's had all these big matches. It's just up until this week on SmackDown, he hasn't really had any big victories or wins to show it. Um, yeah, he's definitely up there. And with the, his, his program with Gargano and Alistair Black at the start of the year, were, were, his matches were amazing. 
Um, the Revival, yeah. Every, everybody rates them, but they, they just can't... Fuck the Revival. <laughs> <laughs> they were wearing their hashtag FTR gear on, um, on Raw this week. Um, I wonder if it's well, that's what that means. Uh, then we got Tread Seven. Is I reckon the they choice. could go. You know, they could go to it AEW. They, if they do go, they should do like an invasion and be like, like not even like announce that they've like left or they're joined or anything like that. Just do an invasion and be like, you know what? Yeah, fuck the revival. Yeah, fuck the revival. And just like just completely destroy like whoever's in the ring. Like I don't know, the young. But assuming the young bucks are going to still record, uh, wrestle, destroy them or, or do a two on one on Cody because he was the one who came up with it. Um. Yeah, that'd be, I think that'd be a good way for them to go in. Um, yeah, so they just come in and like fuck the young bucks. Yeah, because um, then you can get the young bucks revival dream match that both of them want. So that'd be good. Yeah, and then finally we got Trent Seven, who I think is criminally underrated. Um, I think people see him as, as the the fat older guy of British strong style, but he's super babyface. He's so good in the tag matches. As uh, he he can do both. He can he can get the heat and then make the tag or the hot tag or he can be the hot tag so yeah I think he's he's very good I think they've been very clever in putting him and um, things together as a tag team Tyler Bate yeah because he's very very good on the mic and Tyler Bate is not very good on the mic yeah I think that's what they're trying to do with Tyler Bate because they want him on the main roster I guarantee they want him on the main roster. Yeah, well, but I mean, until he can get mic time and Trent Seven can sort of build him up to be that point, he won't get there. Yeah, and I mean they've um, they've been tag team for years, even even before their WWE days. But yeah, the same kind of goes for Pete Dunne, I guess, in that he's amazing in the ring, could hardly get any better. But maybe his mic skills and promo skills lack a bit, um, a lot to be desired. Um, so yeah, Trent Seven is kind of the, the mediator in that and does a good job. But they've they've sort of they've changed their contracts, haven't they? Yeah, they're kind of um, exclusive, really, to to NXT and NXT UK. Um, so I think now you, the likes of because at some point Pete Dunne's going to have to lose the title, and then at that point he is going to get called up. Yeah, well, I mean we've got. NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool on Saturday coming. Placed in Joe yeah, Coffee. I'm really pissed off. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to... I think, yeah, Tasha's coming around for the weekend. I'm supposed to be going out for date night, so I'll probably have to watch it after she goes on Sunday. Um, but, yeah, that should hopefully be good. He's facing Joe Coffee for the title. Um, hoping he doesn't drop it just yet. I, I, I do kind of want him to get to the two-year mark because that would be amazing just in terms of yeah. sheer length. When would when would be the two year mark? Uh, I think he wanted to take over Chicago in May. So, so it's not even that long, is it? It's really yeah. It's it's, it's about six hundred days now that he's had it. And if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be brutally honest, I wanted to keep it to Mania only because I want to buy it the I want to buy the UK title and then get it to sign it there. Are you gonna buy the UK title? Yeah, and then I want him uh, to sign it. I thought you said bite, as in the way that he does it. Oh no, I will buy it as well, obviously. <laughs> Your one, not his. <laughs> My one, yeah. Um, but yeah, I want him to sign it. Cause... I would love him to be at, to be at Mania, or Raw After Mania, or who knows, maybe even you might, might get a sneak appearance in the Rumble. That'd be good. Hopefully. 
I mean, they called up the NXT champ for the for an appearance in the Rumble and seeing Almas last year. So, um, who knows? Um, but moving on to the next category, in, in kind of a similar vein, we've got the most improved slash breakout superstar of the year. Um, and we've got eight options again, obviously. And our eight options are Drew McIntyre, Mustafa Ali, Tony Storm, Ronda Rousey, and our second lot, the Buddy Murphy, Rhea Ripley, Ricochet, and Velveteen Dream. So, the results of the polls are that Drew McIntyre was the runaway winner, which yeah, I think is fair. And in the second lot of polls, yeah. Buddy Murphy came out on top. Um, so those those two kind of um, not quite neck and neck. Um, Drew McIntyre got a few more votes, but yeah, those, those two I guess are the standouts for you. Yeah, without doubt. I mean. Drew McIntyre, since coming back, has just like had a rocket up his arse. He has just been so good. He's... And you just think, where was where was this Drew McIntyre four years ago? I know. He's just very believable. He comes across as a, as a hardened veteran now who can and will kick anybody's arse. Um and his, his promos are, has gone so much better. His look is incredible. He looks like he can kill you. Um, nicknames like the Scottish Psychopath fit exactly. Um, and the way they've booked him, like, very... Like, since Mania now, so it's been quite a long time, about nine months or so. Um, very little, I think, have they got wrong in terms of the booking. Yeah, no, they've done really well, actually. Just, like, I mean, we shouldn't. It's, it's shit that we are surprised that they've booked someone well consistently. <laughs> yeah. But. And I mean, the struggle that they've had as well on Raw, replacing someone like Roman Reigns. Yeah. I think they've done it really well. They're, they've made the Intercontinental title a little bit more. Uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Relevant? Yeah, re- yeah, relevant. Because yeah. before, you were just thinking, oh, well, it's just another title. But now, it's like the main focal point on Raw, because... It's, get, it's getting back to the point where, Lesnar. once you move on from the IC title, you don't move back to the IC title or go to a tag team. You should be going to the main towards the main title, which is what we're kind of seeing with Seth Rollins. Um, by... Uh, it's it's for for Drew. It's it's kind of a shame, but it's also worked out quite well that Brock's around at the moment because I feel like if he wasn't around, he could potentially be champ or in that picture. But um, because he is around and he is the champ, it's kind of allow and he's not actually there. It's allowed Drew to kind of take the position of running Raw in a way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's like he is the main hero on Raw. Yeah, and he's one of the few characters who've actually taken their word and have kind of well, seemingly have delivered it or have tried to deliver it and have been consistent in it in that he's um, first from the moment he came in was talking about like complacency in the locker room and people resting on their laurels and all that kind of stuff um, so he definitely seems like he's coming and, and giving him a shot in the arm um, whether that's just in character or, or actual real life we don't know but yeah um, I think he's definitely it'd be my choice um, but yeah the other choice they went for is Buddy Murphy and who would have seen this time 12 months ago 
him even still working for the company, let alone being their cruiserweight champ and having multiple match of the year contenders. Yeah, he come a long way as well. I mean, I, I still just looking at him. I still have my doubts that he's under two hundred five because he's fucking jacked. <laughs> he's looking yeah, jacked. Yeah, he is absolutely jacked. Um, Which I I actually like that they they kept making a point of that um, when he first because he, he he debuted I guess on two hundred five live during the the tournament before WrestleMania, and they they kept making points of having him do weigh ins and making sure he's underweight and all that kind of stuff. Um, which was good, and yeah, his well, obviously I'd seen some of his work being part of um, Murphy and Blake in NXT, um, and yeah, they were a good tag team, but I never thought anything special, really. Um, and he's got himself like he wasn't in that shape when he when he was in NXT consistently. Is he still with Alexa Bliss? Yeah, I believe so. I think they're engaged. They they both are very like private, but they don't talk about it at all, really. Um, but yeah, I remember seeing a few like tweets around from from when he won the title in Australia, and Alexa Bliss kind of giving him some some good tweets out. So yeah, if they are still together, very 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 lucky man. <laughs> very lucky man, and to be ginger as well. Yeah, I mean he does look um, like. What would happen if Kurt Hawkins got in huge shape? Um, <laughs> Kurt Hawkins was good. <laughs> yeah, or or if Sami Zayn ever got ripped, but who knows? Um, so yeah, I think those are, those are probably the two best choices. I mean, we've got people like Rhea Ripley, who's obviously had a massive change this year as opposed to where she was last year. In the May Young Classic, she was very much kind of nice and friendly and cookie-cutter. Now she's completely changed everything and her attitude and her look and her music and her moveset, everything. And, she is really See, good. This is, this is what NXT. That's what it's can built do for. for you. Yeah, and she's so young like, as well. She's, you can she's literally like change yourself and develop. That's. I mean, that's what it's for. It's a developmental. Yeah, that's what I think. A lot of the, not a lot of them, but maybe some of the main roster guys um, struggle from is that they, they've been portrayed a certain way on tv so many times for the last few years that they can't really change or if they do change it's a lot harder than if they do it's down in somewhere like nxt um purely just from like a casual fan point because you don't want to you don't want all the polo crews to come out so uh, one week doing something and then two weeks later doing something else and potentially a casual fan not even recognizing him <laughs> um so yeah it's, it's definitely many times easier in, in nxt um yeah, same. Uh, same goes for Tony Storm. Really, she she's kept the same kind of character, but her work has definitely shot up in terms of quality and um, the quantity in which we're seeing her on WWE TV. Um, still so young. That's the thing. Of a lot it makes me sick of a lot of people like Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley, Tyler Bate. They're all younger than me, and I'm 23. And um, same age as Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne's 23, isn't he? No, he's just turned... I think he's either just turned 25 or 26. I think he's just turned 26. Um, but he's still super young for a wrestler. Most of them don't even break to the WWE till about 30. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's insane the amount of talent and young talent that can be around for literally 20 years. Um, other talent includes that we've got here Mustafa Ali, which um, he was a bit of a... Not that he was a nothing cruiserweight, but the fans didn't really think a lot of him like he had that that post-mania match against Neville which was insane 
Um, but he never really had much of a character, and it wasn't until he, it wasn't until he started adopting this heart of two hundred five live, um, not gimmick, but persona, I guess, and his performance in the the tournament game all the way to the final at Mania, uh, and then just consistently since then, almost every week on on two hundred five live putting on match of the year candidates is really impressive. So the turnaround from being the the character he was in in early days of two hundred five live and the cruiserweight classic where he was about like, I know what you think of me because obviously he's kind of from an Asian descent um, and people generally think of him wrestling them as bad. He's trying to break that stereotype and I think he's done that perfectly because now it's the point where people don't even mention or notice his race. Um, Which is what it should be, really. There's yeah. no... Uh... Which is one of the points that all elite wrestling made, that, that Matt made, was that, like, don't care about Reese, uh, race, not Reese. Um Race, religion, Don't care about race, like color, beliefs, home, like sexuality, all that kind of stuff. All you've got to do is be elite. That's what they said. Um, Which is true. It's, like we're in, we're in 2019. Like people should not be criticised for any of that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Um, right. So surprisingly, Ronda Rousey didn't do very well in the polls because I mean you can't really get much more improved than Ronda Rousey, right? from literally not of ever having a match to not only being the champion, but having really good matches all the way. I think a lot of a lot of sort of casual fans see her as, oh, she was already, she's already there when she came in. But, I mean, like, for us, like, she's improved massively because she was shit. She's improved in, in every aspect. Is she... She was never shit. Her, her promo, she just didn't look comfortable at all in speaking, um, which is fair enough. I mean, having to remember... I don't know. Her, her in-ring wasn't great. Her in-ring was very stiff. Yeah, but I mean, I guess what what we had to go off was little altercations with people like Triple H and Stephanie, who are either are not a trained wrestler or considerably bigger than her. Um, I guess, like, it wasn't... We didn't really get to, in the early days get to see a lot of her interaction with actual current roster members. Um, yeah. But yeah, since then, since WrestleMania, her WrestleMania match was probably the best debut match ever, or definitely up there, especially for WrestleMania. And since then, just been quite incredible, really. I think. I think. Do you know what? I think this the Royal Rumble match against Sasha Banks is gonna be. Telling, she's either going to be very, very good, and this will show how good she is, or it may make her look a little bit yeah. like she doesn't belong. And I mean, Sasha's experienced enough to—not that she'll have to drag her through a match—but I'm sure that Sasha will take the kind of a bit of a leadership in this match in terms of maybe calling things on the fly or, or book, um, planning it beforehand. Um, not that it's predetermined. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously like, Sasha's one of the best workers in the company, male or female. Um, she has her moments, but she also has her amazing moments. Um, so, yeah, that should be a really good match as long as they, they present Sasha as a, as a real credible threat to her, which I'm sure they will, seeing as how, how complimentary Ronda's been about her. Um, they need to give them time as well. It, it cannot be a throwaway 10-minute match. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, so 
move on to some of the other guys. I mean, like Ricochet. Um, it's hard to really improve on him, but he's definitely improved since he's been in NXT. He looks a million times more comfortable in himself. Not that he ever looked uncomfortable, but in, in terms of the promos and, and the character, he looks um, a lot more assured now and relaxed. Um, which is obviously going to happen. Oh, my God. Some of the moves he pulls off. Like, I, just, oh, my God. He's a video game. He's a, he's a real-life video yeah, game. Yeah, without a doubt. He is... And I'm there's sure... no other way to describe him. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure this guy would have been on a lot of people's lists for a lot of things, and especially most improved in 2017, but Velveteen Dream in 2018 has just come on leaps and bounds as well. Um, he's just He just doesn't stop improving, and he's another one who's still so young. I think he's, but he's, I think he's very... He's only a couple of weeks or so around my age. Um, it's ridiculous. It's scary how good he could be. He could quite easily, I think, be this generation's Shawn Michaels. And I think, like, obviously, I don't know this, um, but it looks like he gets a lot of control over his character, not in terms of... The, how well his character does, but in terms of what he wears, how he acts, what he says, and that's that's one of the I mean, benefits of of being a bit more lenient on what the guys can do. Because there's yeah. no there's no way that anyone in the the NXT booking team would have come out of him wearing two different Hulk Hogan outfits for two different takeovers. And the uh, sign me Vince. And yeah, and that Triple H apparently didn't even know about it until he, his back turned to the hard cam. <laughs> Which I mean, that is, is a, that is a bold that move. That is bold, yeah, because that could go one of two ways. Vin, depending on, I guess it depends on the, the side of the bed that Vince got out of. Because he could look at that and be like, I love it. Or he could look at it and be like, fuck that guy. <laughs> um, yeah. So. But I'm guessing that he, the Dream knows him. That he must know that the way that was going to go. Because that that is a too risky move to pull off. If you don't know the way it's going. Yeah, I guess it's hard, because Vince, according to Triple H, Vince doesn't watch NXT, and I can't imagine um, a lot of times where they they would really cross paths. I guess maybe at the takeovers, when they're in the same building, Vince might maybe be there backstage. I imagine he surely would be. Um, But yeah, I can't imagine the the NXT guys really have a lot of interaction with Vince. Um, But sticking with the NXT theme, we'll go for... NXT Female Superstar of the Year. And originally, when I was putting this list together, I thought, like, am I really going to uh, be able to get eight women out of this list? And then I just started typing names. I ended up with about 12. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Um, so obviously, you've got obvious candidates. Um, the first first four um, in this list were Bianca Belair, Kyrie Sane, Io Shirai, and Rhea Ripley. Um who Kyrie Sane was the the runaway winner with that, obviously being the being the champ for a bit and having a program with, with Shayna Baszler, really good program. Um, but I mean, Bianca Belair could have been up there with maybe improved superstar year. She hasn't quite featured that often, uh, like proper frequently on on TV. Um, but she's the number one contender for the title now. Um, we've got Io Shirai who got to the final of May Young Classic and has since signed with WWE and. If, um, formed a, a team with Kyrie Sane, so maybe perhaps they might be part of the the women's tag title and, hunt. And probably produce one of the best moonsaults I've ever seen. Very, very fluid and natural. It's amazing. And then we've got Rhea Ripley again, who we talked about earlier. Um, and then the next lot was Shayna Baszler, Ember Moon, 
Nikki Cross and Tony Storm. So I think a lot of people forgot about Ember Moon really in NXT this year. She got called up immediately after WrestleMania, but she spent almost the first half of the year in NXT and as champion up until Mania. Um, and I really love Ember Moon. I really... Yeah, well, I mean, she was in a... I, right. think, I think she's still a little bit since coming up. Yeah, a little then, bit. I think they weren't I quite suppose, sure what to do with her. But I suppose that goes with Ronda being pushed so hard. Yeah, Ronda doesn't come into WWE. Ember Moon's in a lot higher position. Um, yeah, without doubt. So we've got... Um, Shayna Baszler was the was standout winner for this, which it couldn't really be anyone else, really, for me. Um, uh, I mean, the way... She's a legitimate badass. I don't want to fuck with her. I mean, she when towards in the May Young Classic and towards the start of this year when she started coming out as a, as a title contender, a lot of people were kind of saying boring, boring Shayna. Um, but she, not only her matches, but her character work now is so good. She's she's the female Pete Dunne, I think. Yeah, without doubt. Yeah, because right, um, she is she is amazing and. No, I don't want to see a comp. This is this is meant as a compliment and not as oh, I want to keep her in NXT. I don't want her to come up because I don't want her to get mixed in with av- being average on the main roster kind of thing. Yeah, and I think with with her, there's there's not really that much of a rush for me, um, especially now that she's got um, Jessamyn Duke and Maria Shafir as her as a kind of backup, and she can kind of take a leadership role not only on TV but in real life as well to them, um, which I think would obviously benefit them and benefit everyone really. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm not in a rush to have her called up, say like the Raw after Mania or anything like that. Um, the two other people we got on here, so we mentioned Tony Storm earlier, but I want to mention Nikki Cross because I was in the camp that. I didn't understand why they brought up Sanity without Nikki Cross. Because yep. Nikki, exactly Nikki Cross is what made, made them Sanity. different. Because um, without her, they're just a bunch of crazy guys. And we've seen that with the guys like the Wyatt family and all that. Um, but with Nikki Cross, it added so much to their NXT feuds. She got involved in the matches. She She genuinely played like... It's really hard to do a crazy, insane character in NXT or in WWE, I mean, well. But for me, she does it perfectly. She doesn't make it, like, hokey or awkward to watch. Um, and that must be really you hard. You know, when I genuinely thought this year, and I'm just... I always thought she was going to be good. But generally this year, she had one match and did one promo. And I thought, damn it, you've got it. And that was the one against Becky Lynch. Yeah. When she came out, I was just like, wow. Yeah, I suppose that... that like, you've got this. That shows a, a good sign of faith in her and, and from the main roster, guys. Um, I mean, she was on the stage when they announced Evolution and she's done a few main roster house shows dotted around here and there. And uh, she is coming up to the main roster now. Um, so they'd kind of teased it for a while, but... Um, I, I thought that without Sanity, it could maybe um, water her down a bit. But having seen her work over the last six months, it's just been incredible. And whoever's decision it was to include her in the Who Done It with Alistair Black, I think that was probably 
one of, if not the best decision booking decision in NXT this year. It was just amazing. Yeah. It was just so like it, no one considered it added so much. Like Shane, that whole angle was amazing in general. Um, but the only kind of woman outside of Candice LeRae who was involved was a brief look at um, Shayna Baszler. Um, but Nikki Cross wasn't really to be seen until she came out and said she knew. And then she was the centre of that entire story that was revolved around the NXT fucking championship. <laughs> like, it doesn't get any bigger than that. And for a woman as well to be involved in the main male, male title scene, um, it's incredible. So, yeah, I think um, Nikki Cross definitely would have been close to getting my vote, but yeah, it has to be Shayna Baszler, really. Yeah, Shayna Baszler for me. Right now. But yeah, big shout out to Nikki Cross, and I hope that 2019 is a good year for her. I'm sure Sanity can't wait for her to get up because they don't fuck all at the moment. Oh, well, they're just being buried, aren't they? There's just too many. They'd be much better better placed on Raw just purely because there's extra time and less teams. Yeah. Um, But we'll, we'll see what happens, hopefully, good things. Um, and again, sticking with the NXT theme, now we're going for the male superstars of the year, and this one is fucking stacked. <laughs> um, and ridiculously hard to count. Like, it's too hard to call. Like, literally, who do you pick? Yeah, and even... I know who I picked. I know who I picked, and it's going to be blatantly obvious. And you would just be like, yeah, I'm so, so obvious. Yeah. Now, narrowing it down to eight was hard, but the eight that we've gone for were. Alistair Black, Adam Cole, Velveteen hey, Dream, Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Ricochet, and I snuck Andrade Cien Almas in there. Yeah, well, why not? I mean, he was the champion. the first part of the year, he was the champ. And he was putting on just amazing matches, and him and Selena Vega together were incredible, and still are. Um, so, it's... It's quite close, uh, close really. It, it's it's kind of... Johnny Gargano was the winner of the polls, um, which I, I think is fair and is probably my vote. Um, but it's, there's this kind of a three-way tie in second place for Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, and Tommaso Ciampa, um, which... It's just ridiculously hard to call. And then that means you've got guys like Alistair Black, who was the champion and has had incredible matches all year, and Velveteen, uh, not Velveteen Dream, um, Ricochet, kind of missing out on those top spots. They obviously don't mean anything because we're just marks, but um, it's it's ridiculous how stacked they are right now. And every time someone gets called up to the main roster, people go like, oh, how's NXT going to cope? And then you just find someone else or make someone else, and boom, they're stronger than ever. It's ridiculous. So who do you think I would have picked? Well, it is either going to be one of Velveteen, no, not Velveteen Dream, uh, Adam Cole or Pete Dunne. And I'm, who do you think? I'm going to say that you picked Adam Cole. Yes, thank you. My my favorite, without doubt, my favorite superstar at the minute. Really, even ahead of Pete Dunne. Even ahead of Pete Dunne. Damn. And ahead of Bobby Lashley? Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the almighty. Well, until until Kevin Owens comes back, and then oh, they're yeah, like, a true. little bit like, shit. <laughs> what would you do if they ever had a match? 
Oh my god, I don't know. <laughs> there used to be a team, so... Um, right, let's, let's go through some of these, really. Um, Johnny Gargano is the winner, and sure he has to be right. Is He's had... I can't really think of a lot of better years from a wrestler than what Johnny Gargano's had in 2018. From any wrestler in any year. From yeah, start to cool. finish. He started off the year as the, the ultimate babyface underdog who finally managed to get himself a, cha- a championship opportunity against Almas and put on the first five-star WWE match in seven years. And for me, that was one of, if not my match of the year. Love it. Yeah. Um, then, just, obviously the matches were helped by the story with Tommaso Ciampa. The, the, the story and the rivalry throughout the spring and the summer were just, they were perfect. They couldn't have been any better, I don't think. Their first match was so brutal. Yeah, it was like... Was it? They, they definitely it looked like they'd said to each other beforehand like let's just fucking lay it in on each other <laughs> yeah let's just do whatever we can to fuck each other up yeah and I mean let's not forget on, on the on the takeover Philly card uh, when he faced Almas uh, they were going up against um, Adam Cole and Alistair Black in an ODQ match which was incredible um, and they managed to they managed to top that and in New Orleans a cut of Card stacked full of amazing matches. We had the the supposedly legendary six man ladder match, which was also the five star. Um, yeah, they managed to the, the story going into it. It was amazing. The match topped it, and then they just managed to continue it because a lot of the main roster feuds these days, if they managed to last over six months the way that this one has, um, and that's just from Champa's return, not even Champa's injury. So for for it to have lasted over a year and a half now. Is mental, and for people not to have got tired of it, it's crazy. Um, so then we had his his pursuit of the title again, but this time with Champa as a champion, throwing Alistair as the Black in the mix for a little bit. But then his him as the as the reveal of Alistair Black's attack, attacker, um, originally unexpected, but I guess kind of became a bit more uh, logical as time went on. Um, and his. I, I had concerns and worries about his um, character as a heel because he's there is no better babyface in the company than him. Um, so him him as the heel I was worried about, but I think he's done amazing. He he didn't make it fully fledged heel at first. He was kind of doing the whole like I'm the good guy in this scenario thing, and some people were saying that Gargano was right and all that kind of stuff, but. I think yeah, he's just he's done just incredible this year. Yeah, it's been brilliant, and I think that it has opened the door to maybe Daniel Bryan turning. Yeah, potentially. I mean, they came at quite similar times, really. Um, his his one was obviously a bit earlier, um, but yeah, potentially they might have sorted that, and because obviously Bryan's worked heel in WWE before, whereas we've never seen Gargano in that position, um, in WWE terms anyway. So, um, yeah, really, really impressive. And he's managed to continue it. And now there's kind of like a tease of a DIY reunion. Um, but as heels this time, um, or him, him potentially going after the North American title and having both of them as, as the main champions on NXT. Um, yeah, good, 
Good stuff, Johnny Gargano. Good stuff. Well done. So yeah, same for the other guys that they've they've kind of had to share the same spot and same year, same year that that he's had. Um, but the better that Johnny Gargano isn't the better product that they come out with NXT, the more it benefits the other guys. So, um, now taking taking a bit of a break from NXT, um, I want to talk about the best pay per views of the year, which is excluding um, takeovers because otherwise takeovers would just run away with it. I was going to do a... Yeah, um, we literally would have no WWE one <laughs> yeah, on I, the uh, poll. I was going to do a, a separate um, best takeover of the year one, but it's so hard. It's too hard. So I didn't do it. Um, so best pay-per-view of the year, main, best main roster pay-per-view of the year, we've got eight to choose from. And I think in, all in all, with the exception of things like Fast, uh, not Fastlane, uh, Backlash, um, and like Greatest Royal Rumble and anything Saudi Arabia related... Um, <laughs> the pay per views especially right. having I think they've benefited from the um, the dual dual branded shows co-branded shows um, so the ones that we've gone for are Royal Rumble Money in the Bank Evolution Hell in a Cell Wrestlemania SummerSlam TLC and Survivor Series uh, Evolution was the winner of that which I think is actually fair because it's not that I had low expectations going into it. I just didn't know what to expect with an entire card full of just female matches and not any kind of. Oh, it was exactly the same. It wasn't. It wasn't like I was like, oh, it's just going to be female. Blah, blah, blah. I was just. I was a little worried that maybe some of the mid card would have been a little bit samey and. And yeah, you know what I think. But it's not a, not great. I think it's a testament to uh, not only the depth of the roster they have now, but the variety. Because, I mean, back in the day, your, your divas were, they were hot, and everyone wanted them, or they wanted a particular guy in storyline, or something like that. But now, everyone is so different. You've got fighters like Ronda and Shayna, you've got athletic ones like Sasha and Naomi, and you've got like ultimate baby faces like Bailey or Kyrie Sane, and you've got bitchy heels, you've got like the Bellas, um, you've got giants like Nia Jax and boring shits like Tamina, um, and yeah, you've got everything. And now they're even adding tag teams into the mix. So I would definitely be inclined to agree that Evolution was up there, if not the pay per view of the year. For me, it was the pay per view of the year. And the crowd were really good. The crowd, crowd made it for me. Crowd was so in, hot for it. I didn't have like I don't. I'm ve- I'm not very positive. We all know this. Yeah. And I wasn't positive about that, but came out of that pay per view like, wow, they've just smashed that. Yeah, like they have absolutely I, smashed that. I couldn't really think of any low points. Obviously, there was there was a few maybe in matches terms. There's a few maybe iffy moments here and there. And it was it was kind of presented a bit differently in that because obviously they were running a house show at the same time, um, but it didn't have the same. It was a bit of a smaller arena. And it didn't have the same huge pay per view stage set up that they normally have. Um, it looked a bit like a house show, and it was lit differently. But I think it worked, um, and yeah, the, the crowd were were amazing. I think all the way throughout the night, they were just so happy to see everyone, and that, like including the mix of legends in it, it was really smart. Um, didn't let the legends kind of overshadow the show or anything like that. So, yeah, good stuff, Evolution. 
Runners up. Well done, uh, women's roster. That's not patronising. No. No, yeah. like That's literally well done. And and when we talk about maybe not having the the greatest of expectations for it, it wasn't wasn't through any, like... It wasn't through any malice or hope that it was going to fail or we didn't care or anything like that. It's just we'd never seen it before. And obviously, like, promotes a few promotions in Japan and you've got, like, stardom and all that kind of stuff. They are exclusively all-female all rosters, but I don't watch that. So, no, nor do I. So, yeah, and then we've got um, Royal Rumble. It's a runner-up and then kind of a tie between WrestleMania and TLC. Um, which I think is fair. I think Royal Rumble is one of my favourite pay-per-views of the year. Um, my 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 favourite Rumble match for the male match, and the women's match was really good, but my, my favourite male Rumble match for years, possibly ever, it's right up there for me with 2001. Um, it was just really fun all the way around. The fact that we had, we had all done our predictions and we had our guys in it, but not only did we have our guys in it, but we had all three different people picked and three of them got to the final four, which just made it really like a lot more interesting to watch. Um, yeah, I, one of my favourite moments of the year, really. Yeah, it was good. It was just, it was just a bit of noise where they've gone with. Um, yeah, the passing gone with it. Nakamura. Yeah. Well, we'll actually get onto that in in our next category, which is. Cool. Now, this was kind. Of, this was really tough to fit into the little box, um, which really annoyed me on some of them, but we've got. Best moment of the year, which can obviously either take place in the ring, during a match, not during a match, during a promo, could be a video package, who knows. Um, but here are the contenders. Ronda Rousey beating up Triple H at WrestleMania. That was amazing. Triple H selling his arse off. Um, Undertaker returns at WrestleMania. If I was there... Obviously, we all kind of saw it coming, but if I was there, I still would have lost my shit at this moment, the moment I heard the gong. Ricochet, it was quite hard to, to phrase this one, but Ricochet does the flip to the outside over the top rope, lands on his feet oh. and gets in Velveteen Dream's face. That was amazing. That was my moment of the year. Never seen Without that before. Without Pro- Are we going to see it again? Who knows, but it will never be as good as the first one. It fits so perfectly in the story that they were telling about anything you can do, I can do better. So him doing that and then saying, well, prove it. <laughs> um, like, yeah. does, you can't get any more Pretty badass much. than that, really. Um, or graceful at the same time. Must have fucking killed his knees, though. Jesus. Um, and his ankles. Asuka wins the first ever Women's Royal Rumble. It's a bit of a moment, isn't it? I'm sure that will get yeah. talked about for the next 50 years as the first ever historic making, history making, first ever I'm Women's sure Royal Rumble get, history maker. I'm sure it will get spoken about to length at this year's Royal Rumble. Speaking of Royal Rumble, again, Nakamura winning the Rumble. That was such a good moment. Um, mainly because of who he was in the final two with. I think if he was in it with, say, Finn Balor or something like that, it might have been a little bit diluted because people wanted Finn Balor to win. But because he was up against Roman Reigns as the final two, and being in MK11 at the time, and everybody not wanting Roman Reigns to win, and it was so tense in there. <laughs> like I was watching it like with my head in my hands because I was so like worried that they were just going to go down this route again with Roman Reigns. And then Nakamura actually doing it and just celebrating that as if 
Tottenham had just scored a 90th minute goal with everyone around me. It was one of the best moments of the year. Um, obviously, you had a bit of a different experience, but yeah, great match, great ending, great winner. Not so great of a follow up, but great moment nonetheless. Yeah. And then we got Reigns winning the Universal title, which I think has been lost a bit with the with the kind of his health battles. Um, the fact that he had this very long climb to the to the top of not to the top of the card because he was always there but managing to topple Brock Lesnar in the end um, and finally doing it um, unfortunately for Brock Lesnar just to go and get it back because he's just what he wanted um, yeah, I think that was a good moment and the fans were very receptive to it in the end and it's just a shame how short lived it was yeah really upsetting how short lived it was to be fair it's like we took 10 steps forward and 20 back. Yeah, and I mean, obviously it all pales in comparison in the end to, to the real-life struggles of, of the wrestlers. And oh, the, yeah, you can't. Um, um, but yeah, from, from a wrestling perspective, it it was a really good moment. And it's, it's a shame that they haven't really been able to, to capitalise. And the last two, we've got a DX reuniting, which... I'm not really sure anyone wanted to see in 2018, but we got it. Um, it was all right for the moment, and then the match happened, and that was that. And then, which obviously turned out to be the winner in the end, Becky Lynch attacked Charlotte after the SummerSlam match. Had to be that one, right? Yeah. Oh, for me, it was uh, Ricochet, though. Yeah, my, my choice I've was I've never Ricochet. lost my shit. As much as when I saw that. Yeah, that that one almost made me get out of my seat. Which, for me, is an achievement. Um, not because I'm morbidly obese or anything, but because I don't really get excited by a lot of things. Um, and it's one of the rare instances where I hadn't seen something in a GIF or a little video on Twitter beforehand. And I always, I always make a point of watching NXT every week, um, but I don't make a point to try to avoid spoilers or anything. But I managed to avoid yeah. anything on Twitter and I don't know how because that gif was fucking everywhere after he did it and I was just sitting sitting at home watching it and he does it and I literally like I went to the edge of my seat and was like what the fuck has just happened <laughs> and um, I think I was watching because I was still at home at the time and mum just got back into the room and I rewound it and I was like mum look at this <laughs> and she was like oh yeah that's cool <laughs> um, well my new girlfriend does not like wrestling I showed her that the other day and she was like holy shit yeah, we got we got to get a, um like a we got to get her to watch a show and try and get some feedback or something. Yeah, and it needs to be a takeover. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The only, the only ones Tasha's ever watched a takeover matches and take she watched pretty much a whole takeover the other week. So, um, yeah, well, I'm not really quite ready to move on to the main roster yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> leave it for a She's while. She's ready to be called up. Okay, so let's move on to the next category. Now, we've got four categories left, so we'll kind of roll through these a bit quicker. Um, it's, it's been 2018, I think, it's been a really good year for feuds. I feel like it's the year that feuds really came back, um, and particularly in, in, in NXT. Um, so we've got a best feud category, and the, the contenders are Gargano and Champa, obviously, Baszler and Sane, Becky versus Charlotte, Miz versus Brian. AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, Undisputed Era versus Mustache Mountain, 
DX versus Brothers of Destruction and Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy. Um, at the start of it, Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy isn't one that I thought I'd put in this list, but I actually quite enjoyed it, and it brought out a new side of Randy Orton, it gave Jeff Hardy new life, um, and I thought it was quite entertaining, really, because it gave us some things we'd never seen before as well, with the whole ear fetish thing. Um, yeah, that was disgusting and good at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of hard to explain to my mum and stuff while she was kind of glancing at it. Why is he doing that? I don't know. Um, but yeah, obviously, the... we'll get on to the winner in a minute, but um, AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe got, got a good amount of uh, votes. And I think, yeah, it was one of the better feuds of the year for me. It really cemented Samoa Joe in a top spot. Um, made AJ look vulnerable. There, were one, there was one point where I predicted... Samoa Joe to take the title off him. I think it was SummerSlam, maybe. Um, no, it wasn't SummerSlam, it was the one off. I still think he should have, to be honest. It was Hell in a Cell, I think, when he when they did the weird pins, pin tapping thing. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really good feud, something different, this whole weird like family invasion kind of thing. Um, and Samoa Joe just played it perfectly. And AJ's family played it quite well, his little girl did. <laughs> um which is a weird thing to say. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And I thought it really, even though they never managed to get to the, the top of a pay-per-view, which the uh, WWE Championship just never does, it really made, it felt like the most important match of the night, really. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was disappointing that it didn't, but, yeah, yeah I think they knocked out of the park a couple of times. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're, they're ma- and it was the same with Nakamura. Really. Their matches got better as they went along. Um, but yeah, the, the the feud in general just started hot and remained hot. Remained hot the whole way. Um, a couple of the others were were quite good. I quite enjoyed Miz and Daniel Bryan, but the the standout winner and there's no competition for this for me. Although Becky and Charlotte would come maybe quite close for some, but for for pure longevity and quality, the Gargano Champa storyline has to win. Oh yeah, without doubt. Every day of the week. Um, we we touched on it earlier, so we only spent too much time on it. But yeah, it's just incredible the way that Champ has managed to turn himself into a heel, but not a not just a heel, but the heel. Like it's hard for heels to be booed in twenty eighteen, and it's hard for baby faces to really be cheered. But they like Johnny Gargano nailed his babyface role to perfection, and while he was away, Champa nailed his heel role. And when they both came together, it was wrestling. Orgasm, really. Um, That's why I'm describing it. Yeah, wrestlegasm. There you go. End of that in the dictionary. Um, so yeah, clear winner for me. So we'll move on to the the third to last category, which was also was another great year for match of the year. Uh, for match of the year, another great year for matches. Quality of matches was insane, just consistently. Um, but here are some of our candidates. So we've got Becky and Charlotte at Evolution, at last man standing match, last woman standing match um, Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan which I didn't think would be in this list when they announced that match um, no part of neither but it was incredible um, Charlotte versus Asuka at Wrestlemania which for me was match of the night I think um, very close with the Ronda tag match but I think in terms of just quality of the match that that was match of the night for me um, yeah, definitely match of the night. One that kind of flew under the radar a bit, I guess, because it's come at this end of the year, but AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan at TLC, just gone, I think was incredible. Um, 
it's like they've just been allowed to go out there and just do what they want. Um, and I'm looking forward to the Royal Rumble rematch. And just Daniel Bryan's run in general, I think, is incredible at the moment. Um, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Dolph Ziggler got in, nearly got into my list. He was like number nine on the list of, of most improved. But as it was most improved slash slash breakout, um, I I felt it wasn't quite the right place to put him because he's such a veteran. Dolph Ziggler's had a massive year and a massive resurgence, mainly thanks, I guess, in, to, to Drew McIntyre um, and the partnership that they've had. But even when he's been on his own and the matches he's had with guys like Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose and stuff, been great um it's been a really good year for him and i'm glad because he's always been popular and over he's not necessarily always been my favorite up until this year i did think he was kind of vastly overrated but he's definitely kind of sorted that out for me so good stuff from Dolph Ziggler i'm glad um then we've got Ronda and Kurt versus Stefan Triple H at Wrestlemania um Mustafa Ali versus Buddy Murphy in a no DQ match on 205 Live and then the Men's Royal Rumble um Becky and Charlotte won that one and I think it's probably fair I think they even though they had such a hot storyline into it I don't think anyone quite predicted the match to go as well as it did especially with the stipulation of last man standing which I always find kind of quite awkward I don't know about you yeah I just think that their feud was always getting oh, I don't know how to put it like, best friends always makes a good feud yeah, I mean, like, we we always hear guys like former wrestlers say it really that you kind of um, you work a bit harder and you work a bit stiffer with your mates because you know you can kind of get away with it, and that generally um, translates to more realistic and better looking matches. Um, obviously, having great in ring chemistry helps as well, but that a lot of that comes from being friends and being partners on TV and being rivals on TV. So. Yeah, I, I think we all expected a good match. We didn't quite expect it to be that good. Um, and all the matches they've had really have been really good. I really enjoyed their Hell in a Cell one, which was just plain singles. Um, and then they, they're adding in the Asuka into the mix, uh, the mix lately. That TLC match was amazing. So, yeah, really, I think, probably a fair shout for match of the year, if not if not my match of the year, either that or the Men's Royal Rumble, really, for me. Yeah, I think it was, it was the year. I think it's deserving to get that award because of what we said about Evolution as well. Yeah. yeah it, it, and if, I, if it wasn't for that, I man, it, it just, should have been the main event, that match. Yeah. I watched a... Um, no, I didn't watch. I listened to Edge and Christian's podcast with Becky Lynch. Yeah. And she was saying that, like, she always, like, always says, "I want to have match of the night." Yeah. But she said, without a doubt, I had to, it had to be that night. We had to be women, like the women's match of the night. It just had to be that. And she said it was getting so difficult, like watching every match. She was like, "Shit, everyone's knocking out of the park. <laughs> like, we're gonna have to do something really special here." And then she said, they said, like, any spots that you, uh, like, regret or... And she was like, yeah, I regret coming off the ladder and uh, leg dropping. And she was like, I really wanted to go higher. And I was like, to hear that, it's just like, oh, yeah. my God. Which she then went on to do at, at TLC. 
and for a minute I thought that she'd genuinely like broken all of Charlotte's ribs. <laughs> yeah, because did you hear? Did you hear the um, the, the little swear? Did you, it wasn't little, was it? it was like, <laughs> fuck! Oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that looked pay like she like landed full body weight on her ribs and then like bounced on her as well and like, oh, that looked very bad. I'm surprised she continued to be fair and has not had to have any kind of time off or any actual injury come with it. So fair play to Charlotte. Um, but yeah, I, f- I feel like, for me, Evolution probably... I don't know if Evolution would be pay-per-view of the year if it wasn't for this match being as good as it was. Possibly. Yeah, you know, I feel like it, it had to hit it out of the park on that night, um, of all nights, to, to really showcase women's wrestling. Obviously, they had bunch of other matches and events that went on but that was the one which really was like this is what women's wrestling is it's a, it's a story based entirely around the title it's not about bitchiness or any of that stuff or, or, or men or anything like that it's just about two people want it to be the best so yeah it doesn't really get much better um, and we're going to stick, stick with the women for our penultimate um, category which is female superstar of the year um which applies just to the main roster. For the superstars of the years, I've applied it just to the main roster because we've got NXT versions of those. Um, so for the, the female superstars of the year on the main roster, we've got Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Carmella, Nia Jax, um, Charlotte, Asuka, Sasha Banks, and Ronda Rousey. And when putting this list together, I I included Alexa, B- Alexa Bliss just kind of from, um, from habit, really. It was just a reflex. Uh, and then I, I went, <laughs> I went back though and thought about what the, the year she's had. She's had a lot of time off her injury. She hasn't really wrestled a lot in the last six months. But what she has done is she started the year as champion. She went on to a, a, a prominent storyline into Mania to lose the title to Nia Jax. Um, won the Money in the Bank, cashed it in, was women's champion, and then had a feud with Ronda Rousey, and then became women's GM, which lasted about two weeks. Um, that's a good year in my book. Yeah. That's a better year than, than the likes of Sasha Banks and arguably Asuka, although she, she won the Rumble and then won the title, just so happened to be about 11 months apart. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that this is a good year for Alexa Bliss. I think that, that's kind of gone under the radar. Um, and as has Carmella. Carmella starting the year as, like... Um, right, annoying heel that no one really likes. Um, then, but always with the threat of the money in the bank, then cashing in the money in the bank and becoming like mega heel um, that everyone wanted to get the title off her because supposedly her matches weren't good and they wanted Asuka to win the title from her. Um, then we've had this turn with our truth, which it didn't make any sense to me at the start, but looking back at it, it's been really good for both of them and really good for the fans, I think, because there's... Maybe not so for my for our generation, but for younger generations, the seven second dance break is one of the highlights of the night. Especially when I was there live at a house show and having them do it, the kids around me just losing their minds. Um, and yeah, she's she's her her ring ring work has improved, and I feel like that's because of she doesn't have to be the chicken shit heel anymore. She can just go out and wrestle, whereas she was kind of hampered by her, her heel work before. Yeah. Um, which I guess part of it was that she can't wrestle as well as Asuka and Charlotte. And, yeah, maybe she can't, but, I mean, this week on SmackDown, she, not only was she, uh, did she hang on 
Um, she hanged with Becky Lynch and Charlotte, but she was kept, she kept up with them, right? She was right there for the whole thing, um, which was quite impressive. So, um, Carmella's have done had a good year. Uh, yeah, Nia Jax, yeah, she was champion. She had a massive babyface triumph for WrestleMania, and then turned and She's turned and then turned and then turned. She's a cunt. <laughs> so yeah, the less said about her, the better. Um, then we've got Charlotte, Asuka, Sasha Banks, and Ronda Rousey. So Ronda Rousey's obviously had an amazing year. Um, obviously hasn't had as many matches, but um, definitely won a lot of people over. She's still got her critics and stuff, um, and she's still got a long way to go to be like the best in the company, but considering how long she's been doing it, she shouldn't be where she is. She shouldn't be as good as she is. It's quite ridiculous. Yeah, she's just... Had a breakout year, wasn't she? And I know, obviously, she would have had a little while training in the PC, but there's only so much that can do. Yeah, but then... Yeah, there is only so much you can do. And then... And especially only having a few months. It's not like she would have been there for years. But, like, compare that to anyone else who's, like, been a fighter or anything else. Like, a lot of these have come from Indies and they're still not that good. Yeah, exactly. So I, I can't fault Ronda Rousey and her even stuff like her promo work and her her expressions and all that kind of stuff has gotten infinitely better. So fair play to Ronda Rousey. Um, Sasha Banks had a quiet year by her standards. Um, thought we were really going places with the Bailey storyline, and then they really let me down on that. That's just don't know where they've gone with that. That's just they buried it. And then just sort of gone, oh, I forgot even that happened. Yeah, and she is and always has been insanely popular, especially with the younger fans. Um, and it's like they've gone, I suppose with this whole new start and refresh and all that bollocks, it's like they've gone, oh yeah, yeah, people like Sasha Banks, let's put her in the title match. <laughs> like people have been asking for that for ages and ages, but maybe not against Ronda. Um, so, yeah, and then we've got Charlotte, who has just had a, another really good year, like she always does. Um but, she's just consistent. Yeah, like like that's what she said on a on a promo um, on SmackDown this week. She said Carmella was the the big thing last year. Becky's the big thing this year. But I've been the big thing for the last five years running, um, which is a fair point, really. Um, so yeah, she's come in second in our poll votes. But Becky Lynch, obviously, was the 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 right Becky Lynch winner. is my with is my superstar of the year. Really, without doubt. Should I have put her in in the male in the male category? Because she's the man. Because she is the man. Yeah, and I'm man. sure. I'm, I don't like to blow my own trumpet, but I'm sure I got on the Becky bandwagon before everyone else did. Oh, this is not the case, though. She's she's always I think been it is the case. From 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 NXT days, out of the the four horsewomen, she'd always been my favourite. It was it was close between her and Sasha. Um, I'd always go for Becky purely because she was more of a baby face and that's what they kind of needed. Um, and yeah, her the start start of her year was... The first half of the year was, was really not good. Nothing happened, basically, and she just kept losing to people. Um, and yeah, and just to, to see the, the turnaround is, is mental, really, and it shows... Because I'm can... sure I said that she, she needed to win the title back. But yeah, I mean... It would help. It would help anyone, really. Um, but yeah, to be in the, the the 
the kind of state of flux that she was in of just floating around and she was she was she had that that kind of Ziggler role of being the good hand and like the iconics come up so she gets put in a little thing with the iconics to get them over and um stuff like that um, but when they really turned it on with her and they started ramping her up and then she turned heel it shows what what can happen like we said with velveteen dream when you kind of let the man not the man when you let the the performer take control of their character um because none of this would have happened if it was all if it was solely up to, to WWE's booking. Let's be honest. Oh no! And even when she was out injured, she was still running her mouth on Twitter and destroying people on Twitter. Yeah, I think the Twitter game has been has been probably a larger factor than people think um, as to getting her fan support and stuff like that. Just because she's so entertaining to read her, just constantly just kill people and it's not like she's always coming at people because Ronda comes at her a lot and a lot of Ronda's ones are shit <laughs> but all the ones that Becky does they're amazing and they've put her in a spot last like last week she they put her in a spot with John fucking Cena like it doesn't it doesn't get any higher than that in terms of wrestling spotlight um and I'm sure that's something that John Cena would have requested or asked for or suggested to be in a program with her for a night because He's come out and he said, so goddamn popular." And he, he's come and out. He wants and... to get cheered. <laughs> no, well, he's come out and said in an interview, didn't I? I think he, he did an interview with um, Gorilla Position that he um, he loves what she's doing and just love someone just like taking the bull by the horns, basically, and just doing it all themselves. And so, yeah, it's not surprising to see um, her get put in that position, really. Uh, so, yeah, that's all. As much as as much as people give John Cena that shit. He loves the business. Yeah, he loves the business. And, and he, he knows his role now of being the guy to... Um, be, being responsible for for being for working with the younger talents. And I'm sure that he has a say in a lot of those who he works with. Like last week, he worked with... He t- teamed with Becky Lynch and he went up against Andrade Almas and Selena Vega. I reckon that was probably his choice, to be honest with you. Yeah, they would have just come back and said, "All right, what do you want to do this week?" And he was like, "You know what? I'll do something different. Let's do a mixed tag match with these guys." And they were like, "Oh yeah, that sounds quite good." <laughs> That's how I imagine it going, because um, he knows that these guys are the future. There's no point in him like. And the same way when he, when Drew McIntyre came out this week, I was kind of bummed that we didn't get see him in, in a singles match. But he was working with guys like Seth Rollins and Finn Balor, and obviously he's worked with Seth before in a rivalry. But working with Finn Balor is something that he's probably never done before, and going up against. Drew McIntyre is he knows what he's doing now he knows what his role is so it's good to see um, I just wish he would cut his hair I hate his hair yeah that's for movies isn't it yeah it's gotta be but I feel like because he's, he's quite a weird person I feel like he's gonna keep it and it just doesn't look good <laughs> and he's going bald he's got a bald spot as well yeah that's not good alright so Becky Lynch then that's our female superstar of the year and Matt's actual full-on superstar of the year which is actually a category we don't have just full-on superstar of the year um, but the final category we do have is the male superstar of the year for the main roster um, so let's get on to that alright contenders are Seth Rollins AJ Styles The Miz Dolph Ziggler who I mentioned earlier I forgot I put him in this um, Daniel Bryan Roman Reigns Finn Balor and Samoa Joe um, I thought it important not to forget Roman Reigns because he was around for most of the year and had a big year. Um, 
Daniel Bryan obviously has had a massive year, the return that I personally never thought we'd see in WWE. Um, I know, like, it sounds weird. Yeah. But I would genuinely have put Roman Reigns into uh, most improved as well. Yeah, I can, I can kind of see that. Um, I feel like if, if there hadn't been so many like most improved and breakout superstars of the year, like if it wasn't for guys like Drew McIntyre coming up, then I could definitely see a case for that of putting him in there. Um, yeah, so then we've got other guys, yeah, like so Daniel Bryan, he, he's started off a bit like he started off hot and then went cold and um, started to warm up with the Miz and has now become really hot again. Now he's the champion and the heel. His match with Lesnar was amazing. Um, Finn Balor, he's just been consistent, always putting on good matches. They always book, book him relatively strongly, um, had a good Rumble performance. Samoa Joe, same thing, they've booked him strongly, he's done really well with his championship feuds. He's kind of kept it going, he hasn't. He doesn't blow hot and cold, he's always Samoa Joe. Um, yeah, I, I, the last like, month has been a bit shit. A little bit, I suppose he hasn't really been around that much, I mean he had the, the Fatal, what was it, Fatal 4-way, Fatal 5-way last, uh, last week, and he was in a tag match this week. The tag match was really good this week, and the match, the, the Fatal 5-way was actually really fun as well. Um, yeah, he hasn't quite had the, the the spotlight on him. He had that feud with, with Jeff Hardy, which again was a different different kind of feud that we've never. I don't think we've really seen, especially not for a long time, with the whole kind of um, reference to addiction and all that kind of stuff. We haven't really seen since I think like the Guerrero days. Um, so that was quite. I know didn't they mentioned it with uh, Jericho and. CM Punk, Punk oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been, it, it shows a great sign of trust in Samoa Joe that they can put him in these kind of really intense personal storylines and trust him not to, to go over the line, um, or like, just just to get it across the the right way. Um, well, I think it shows a really good trust in him, which is a good thing. Um, but then we get on to so Dolph Ziggler, like we said, was massively improved, had a much better year than he's ever had, in my opinion. Um, the Miz, I don't think was his best year. I don't think it was as good as twenty seventeen, to be honest. But his feud with Daniel Bryan really saved it for me. I feel like he's missed being that IC title carrier and that that character. Yeah, it like it, it fits so well with him, visually and character wise. Um, so it's a bit of a shame, really, but. He's still done well. AJ Styles carried the title for almost the entire of 2018. You can't leave him out. Um, and I, had, I actually quite enjoyed his storylines as well. He had started off the year with the KO Sami Zayn stuff, then moved on to Nakamura, then on to Samoa Joe, and then on to, to Daniel Bryan, really. And they, they've been they've been long and not drawn out, but they've been they've been good for how long they've lasted, which isn't what we say about a lot of um, main roster rivalries and I've enjoyed his, his run um, obviously I can't see him winning the title back but hopefully he has a big programme with Wrestlemania hopefully with Kenny Omega oh please 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 what I would give for that match what I would give to be there for that match because I'm going to be there so they might as well have it then think about yeah, me no, no, just, just think about us come on and then we'll give you a good review on the podcast if you if you give us a good match. We'll give you an amazing. We'll give you a ten out of five. 
And speaking of 10 out of 5s, the winner in terms of the poll votes and my personal vote for Superstar of the Year, it's got to be Seth Rollins, right? Male Superstar of the Year. Male Superstar of the Year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's got to Just from I know fan support. It's going to sound really cliche. You know what you're going to get with him, but yet he still impresses you. Yeah, and it feels like the year where they've really got behind him, as in they as in the company, because um, the fans have been around, have been behind him for a while, but the fact that the company starts pushing him, it really helps with the fan support. You don't want to end up supporting someone that you know is never going to do anything. Um, you might as well pick someone else. So they've. it's been an interesting year for him. Like He started off as a, um, as a tag team with Dean, and Dean got injured, so then he kind of went on his singles run and... He had that like six-hour performance in the Gauntlet match. That was good. Uh, then he won the IC title for the first time and kind of made that like well, it been made relevant by the Miz, but kind of kept it at that level and tried to enhance it. Um, and there's always been that desire for fans, especially to see him go up into the the main title picture. Um, which I don't know if it's always if it's necessarily believable that. He can beat Lesnar on a singles one-on-one match, but, I mean, if if they're going to get a positive response from anyone doing it, it's got to be Seth Rollins. Um, and, yeah, I remember, I've seen a report from Dave Meltzer recently, because, you know, he had that match with Dean Ambrose and people were saying it was boring. Yeah. There's been reports from Meltzer, apparently, that how that, that's really bugged him, um, and he's really trying really hard to to shake that off and for that not to happen hence why he was like the highlight of Raw this week um, he was really putting in like the effort and stuff um, not that he doesn't every week but it just seemed like he was a bit, bit more amped up this week um, yeah I don't see any other winner for that really I just hope that it continues in 2019 and like if he's to win the Rumble he'd get a massive reaction from it because he's so popular at the moment it's ridiculous oh He's, he never, would, he's never been this hot. The pop that would get is just phenomenal. I mean, he even got a massive pop just from getting tagged in. Like It was a hot tag, and the crowd were kind of up for it. But when he got tagged in, the place came unglued. Um, so he he's such a well-rounded performer. He's, he's great in the ring. He's great on the mic. He can do tag team. He can do single... Um, he can work athletic, he can work hard, he can work heel, he can work face. Oh, yeah. I My pick for male superstar is has got to be Seth Rollins. I'm 100% behind that. Well, I'm glad we agree. It's not often that happens. It's not often that happens. And I think maybe Ali is the... Uh... <laughs> He's the problem. <laughs> Ali's the problem. I think we've, we've agreed on quite a lot tonight, and we haven't argued once. When he's here, we argue quite a lot. Yeah, we'll keep that in mind for next week, see if we can keep that going next week, and then we'll see what happens when he's back the week after. Uh, <laughs> so, right, so that's it in terms of all of our categories. There's actually quite a, quite a lot of categories. I was going to do some more, like things like funniest moment of the year and stuff like that, and then I put about three down and thought, actually, I don't fucking know. Um, and same with, I was going to try and do like diss of the year, but I only really had about two in mind, and my personal winner would have been Kurt Angle telling um, Kevin and Sammy that he thinks TNA are hiring. <laughs> <laughs> that 
was brilliant. That's one of my highlights of the year. So yeah, that, that's all our categories. Thanks for everyone who thanks to everyone who um, who voted and took part in that. Um, yeah, you probably saw a shit ton of tweets pop up in a very short amount of time on your timeline, but yeah, deal with it. They've gone now. Um, Just deal with it and listen to the fucking podcast. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned that and I, I told you where you can find us. You can find us on SoundCloud or on iTunes or on TuneIn or in Stitcher. And we even have a YouTube channel and an Instagram page that we don't use, but you can find us pretty much anywhere you try to find anything. Um, but with the build-up to WrestleMania and WrestleMania, we will be on everything because we will be filming everything. Yeah, we're, we're going to be all up in your faces and there's no way you'll be able to hide from us, so you might as well just listen to us and start talking to us. Um, we have a few like people who consistently kind of interact with us and we appreciate them. Um, but the more the merrier, you know? Same with the wrestling, same with AEW. The more the merrier. Um, and even if you listen to us and you think we're shit, just come and tell us on Twitter. Yeah, tell us on Twitter and tell us what we can improve on and then we'll try and improve on it in the next week and then you listen to that one and tell us if we did or not and if we managed to keep you as a listener. Um, and I'll pretty much tell you to fuck off because that's what I do. Yeah, that, that, that'll just be their first test really if Matt comes at you and tells you to fuck off. Just, you know, just ignore it. Just like, ignore it. <laughs> water off a duck's back, you know. Um, I do it to my friends, it's fine. Exactly, it's a sign of endearment really. Um... Leave us a five-star review or any kind of review on, on iTunes. That would be nice. So we haven't had one of them for a while, and that actually kind of helps us out in terms of all our sponsorship money that we definitely get. Um, and we don't do this shit for free. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's about it. That's everything that I wanted to say. Um, we've, well, we've, we've had our... actually, fuck Ali. Oh, yeah, fuck this Ali. This will prove if he's listened to the whole thing. Yeah, if we get a, if we get a random message... Fuck Ali. Right, if he gets to listen to it on a plane when he's travelling from one part of Australia to the other, because, you know, he's nice and fancy and shit. Um, if he manages to get to listen to this in the next couple of days, yeah, fuck Ali. Fuck Ali. Fuck Ali and his Australian adventure. I hope he gets bitten by a spider. Although, please don't throw away okay. our WrestleMania tickets that are at your house. Yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> and I need to sleep at yours at uh, uh, Royal Rumble, so please, please don't. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, do please you... don't get too annoyed. <laughs> That's everything that I wanted to say. That's the kind of the end of our um, our, our positive, negative, positive sandwich uh, that we mentioned at the start of the show. Um, bit of, I think a decent review of 2018. I don't think there's anything we really missed. And yeah, I'm going to be honest. I think it's the best best podcast we've ever fucking done. Yeah, until we find some kind of technical audio problems with it and we can't release it. Yeah, that's always going to be the problem. Yeah, well, I've done a lot of talking tonight, more than more than ever, and um, I'm over it now. I think I have as well, to be fair. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm kind of over it, so we're going to wrap it up here. So I'm not going to do the traditional send-off. I'm not going to steal Ali's gimmick of the we'll see you next week kind of thing. Uh, I just want to say thanks for listening, thanks for voting, and PWP out. PWP?